0: He wants to make you think you're okay where you are. That's one of the biggest ways he does it. The people sitting at home that's not here today, he's making he, he wants to make them think they're okay where they're at. Well, I don't have to have church to serve God. I can do this right here at my home. I can sit at my table and read my Bible, and I can pray right here. I don't need a church. Well, i seen three or four here right morning. Had they been at home instead of at church service this morning, they would have missed out on a great blessing today. They would still be burdened down and weighted down with their burdens. Instead, they've been lifted up. They can breathe again today. Um, The people that are in church but have become stagnant, they're thinking, well, I'm doing this and this. That's good enough. It's kind of like the same thing with the people that are saved. Well, I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm good. Now, that's not the case. Um, if If you're stagnant where you are, if you have not... if your desire is not to get closer to God, then you're stagnant and you need to move this morning. God wants you to think you're fine where you're at, just stay there. Or Satan wants you to think you're fine where you're at, just stay there. The reason He wants us to make make us think we're okay is to create pride in our life. Pride is one of maybe the worst thing you can have in your life this morning. And when you begin to think you're something, when you begin to think you're okay where you're at, you don't need to move forward, then pride creeps in, and you think you're somebody. God is the only one who can say I'm somebody. The second way He wants to deceive you is into thinking that you are alone in this world. How many of you have been there? How many of you have questioned, where is God? Why am I alone in this? Why am I praying and not getting answers? Why am I going to church and not receiving blessings? Where is God? Where are my Christian friends? Why have they not reached out to me? Why are they not seeing me? Why are they not calling me? Um, He does this to create depression in your life. So He wants to what? He wants to create pride. He wants to create depression. He wants you questioning, where is God? Why is He not answering my prayers? Well because we have to give it to God. We can't pray for it, ask Him for it, take it back. We can't come here and and spill our our tears out and then take it back to our seat with us. We have to give it to Him. The third way is to deceive you by thinking thinking problems into existence. I want you to listen to this. He wants to deceive you by making you think problems into existence. Marriage, church, work to create division in your life. Well, that pastor he ain't, he really ain't spoke to me in two or three weeks. You know he's. I think he must have a problem with me. You know that door greeter they haven't gave me they haven't gave me the agenda in, in two weeks. So they must not like me anymore. This happens, people. It really does. It really does. In a marriage, it's like well, you know what? He or she didn't kiss me goodbye this morning. I wonder if they got something going on I don't know about. How bad do we do this, really? Think about it. We, that's what Satan wants us doing. He wants us thinking problems into existence that they are not even real. Because if he can consume your mind, he's got you. So I'm here to tell you this morning, if Satan can create the three things we just talked about, if he can create pride, depression, and division in your life, you don't stand a chance this morning. Right. If you've got those three three things in your life, you are so bogged down and weighted down that you cannot do anything for yourself or anyone around you. But, I'm going to finish with this. But, in 1 Peter 5, 7-11, through 11, I want us to read what happens when we withstand these temptations and these tricks and deceptions from Satan, and we get through them. Starting in 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you, having suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now this tells us what? You withstand that temptation and those trials, and you stand firm and stand strong in God's word. And when those are over, this tells us right here they came for one reason—to strengthen us. God is allowing Satan to tempt us with things because He needs us strengthened. And when you get through these things, then you will be perfected. You will be established. You'll be strengthened and you'll be settled. And it goes on in the next verse to say, not only did you accomplish all those things, and not only is God doing these things in your life now, but God has also received glory out of it.
1: Good time already. I just told J.J. he's got to quit reading scripture that I'm supposed to use this morning. I got my notes. I mean J.J. It starts Brad. I looked up and J.J. was right there. I told Brad to quit reading my scriptures. But that's all right. We're going to read them again here in a few minutes. We're going to read that one. Um, But again, it's good to see everybody this morning. Glad y'all are here. Glad you come to um, um, experience the presence of God in your life. Because I promise that's what it was this morning. If you didn't feel something, then the presence of God is not just a feeling, it's a knowing, right? And so we know the presence of God is here. And through that knowing, we can sense the presence of God. Then we feel Him work in our life. And, and so so it was a um, wonderful, wonderful time. Um, and just so well, that's what we pray for. I promise in the back, we pray before we come out here that we would be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would be open for the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. And it, because why else are we here? If we're not here to get ourselves better, to get healed, to get delivered, to get set free, then we're just here just to be here. So let's not here just let's not be here just to be here. Let's be here for a reason and a purpose. And that purpose is to serve Jesus, lift his name on high number one, but let him work in our life also, so we can go out and be the church outside of here that we've called to be. So, amen. Amen. All right. Um, Don't forget, I know it was in announcements, but next Sunday, excited for another year we get to celebrate Victor Fellowship Church. And 36 years, and so we're we're excited about that um, and then excited about the food afterwards, right? JJ, you can say amen to that. You wanted to bring what, banana pudding? Somebody needs to bring banana pudding. So, all right. I know we'll have a bunch of food. If you're not here on Wednesday nights and if then there is a spread of food every Wednesday night. If you leave here hungry on Wednesdays after church, then it's your own fault. It's because you didn't go back here and get anything to eat. Because there is always a spread. So we enjoy it. We enjoy our time of fellowship together. Hence the name Fellowship, Victor Fellowship. We enjoy that time and we all we all like it. Um again, don't forget about Wednesdays. We're on our start coming up on our fourth week, we went through the, the gift of prophecy and the gift of serving, right? So um, this week it's on what? Teaching. Motivational gift of teaching. So remember to come and be part of that. We are sharing that on our on our page um, and YouTube and so that's out there if you're not able to be here on Wednesday but I encourage you to come. It's good. Dad's doing a really good job with that. As always he's had a lot of years of experience in this and so he's doing we, we appreciate what he does and, and what he's willing to do and open to do. Um, but right, one thing, and this is kind of church related, I've been asked to, to say this. We, we don't mind supplying bottles of water, okay? But we've been finding over the past several weeks a lot of bottles of water that maybe have one or two drinks out of it and just left sitting there. So I just encourage you, get a bottle of water. Use the, the little fountain out there. Get a cup with a lid and a whatever. But take a bottle with you, okay? Drink it. Take it with you, drink it later. Let's let's be mindful of leaving things around, things picked up as we need to. I'm not getting on anybody. It was just it's just something that's been noticed over the past while. So it has nothing to do with anything that's going on here this morning. I just had to say it while we we're all here. And after church, it wasn't an announcement. If you want to help, we got several of us meeting in the back. We're gonna we got a busy couple months coming up in the fall, and so we're scheduling for a. Um, um, a barbecue type sandwich sale on September 30th here at the church to help raise money for our building fund, and so uh, Jimbo and Tisha and Josh Speakman and Tracy and all them are going to help um, with the with the Boston butts and and smoke those and we we'll have barbecue, but we need to meet to talk about, you know the the what sides we're going to sell with them and how much and get that figured out and then we got the fall festival in town coming up where we always work and give out popcorn, or give out coffee and donuts in the morning and popcorn and water in the afternoon. So if you were there last year, the way that wind was blowing out of the north and it was blowing the smell of our popcorn all across the uh, event, we had lines of pop for popcorn, free popcorn. So so it's a good time. We always give those things away and, and love to be out in the community um, able to be a blessing to others. Um, also, then and the end of October, we're going to meet and we're going to talk about either having a, a trunk or treat again as we did last year or a little small fall festival type deal here at the church with everything that's going on. So if you want to help with that and help plan with that, then meet us in the back after church today. All right. Anything else? Well, let's, let's, uh, let's receive our offering. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Got a few prayer requests this morning um, that from people that have texted and called and, and asked prayer for different things. So, Miss Pat, she's not here this morning. She is with her family. Um, they are um, dealing with the loss of a loved one this week, um, her cousin. He um, was cutting a tree down and, and through that fell on him and then and, and he passed away, but um, his wife, his name was... G.S. I knew it was S. I'm trying. To, I couldn't remember the first But G.S. Parker was his name. But his wife, um, Dean Parker is her name. So remember Dean Parker and their family um, with a loss of, of their husband and a father um, through this time. Sharon um, Barber, Texas morning, asked for prayer for them. So remember Sharon and Brent and them in prayer. Jenny Jacobs, she's not back there, is dealing with some sinus issues, asked for prayer. Remember to pray for Brenda Leathers. You know, she had the fall a couple of weeks ago. She's still healing from that. Pray for her. And then um, I love the heart of children. June has got a wonderful, huge heart. She walked in this morning and said, hey, we need to have prayer. I said, okay. She said, we saw a homeless man at, at the store this morning. We need to have prayer for him And so we prayed right then with her and Chloe. Is that your name right? Yes. I'm getting better. Prayed with her and Chloe for Michael. The dad, His name is Michael. And so they, they met him, and I guess y'all got to talk to him for a minute. So we just prayed for God to be on his life, and that he looked to God, and God protect him, and he turned his life completely to God. And, and so we're going to pray again for him, but Michael. Um, and then Brother Hughes asked this morning that we pray for him, that he's, he's having issues sleeping, and so that he can have a peaceful, restful sleep through the night and sleep longer. All right, can y'all remember all that? Can I call on one of you to pray out loud? I'm joking. All right, well, let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise You. Jesus, we thank You for being here with us today. Holy Spirit, we thank You for Your move in people's lives this morning. Ready, God, that we've seen come and, and, and just lay things out to You and can give things to You. And, and, God, that You take those things and You work them and You move in these people's lives. We thank You for that, Father. You're working in each and every situation. We lift these needs to You right now. We pray for Miss Pat and her family. God, that you touch her. Be with her right now. Be with the family. Miss Dean Parker, during the loss of, of her husband and those children and grandchildren, God, that you touch and move. Holy Spirit, comfort that whole family right now. We thank you for that. Be with Sharon. God, that you with her and Brent. God, that you touch and move in their lives. Also, bring health and healing to, to their lives and, 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 their, and their family right now. Thank you for that. Be with Jenny Jacobs. That you touch her. God, where she's at at home, dealing with these sinus issues, God, that you touch and move in her life, and we speak healing and health over her right now. The same with Brenda Leathers at home dealing with this shoulder pain still, God, and these things, the issues from the fall, God, you continue to touch and heal, bring speed of recovery to her right now. We just speak and claim healing over her also, because your word of God says it, that that we, we do those things, Father. God, we pray for Brother Hughes right now, and as you touch him, God, give him the sleep, the, the peaceful sleep, the restful sleep, that he can sleep through the night, Father, each and every night, God, and we thank you, God, that you work and you move in his life. Give him those things that he desires, that his body needs. God, we pray for Michael, the, the homeless man that, that was talked about this morning. let again be with him in his life right now. God, that he turns his life, looks to you. God, trust in you and that his life and this whole situation can turn around for him. For your good and your honor and your glory right now. God, we just, again, pray for this, this, the rest of the service this morning that we continue to give you the glory and honor and praise which you deserve. We give you our attention. We open up our hearts and our minds to receive this morning from your word. And we leave from here stronger than we came in because of your word and what it means to us, Father. We thank you for it. Be with the time of this tithes and offerings right now that you touch and bless each and every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, children, go to children's church this morning. We need to. Everybody, turn and tell Aiden happy birthday. He is thirteen, so happy birthday, Aiden. I hope I embarrassed him. I should have had him stand up and come up here to the front. (laughs) I wasn't told to do that or anything, Aiden. (laughs) All right, Amen. Well, I. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Last week, you know, we talked about consistency. Consistency. How many, and you don't have to raise your hands if you don't want to, I will, had to still deal with being consistent in their walk with God this week. That's right. So a lot of us still deal with those things each and every day. Being consistent in Word and in prayer. Being consistent in in how we talk to others, how we treat others. You know, in just every area of our life, we need to be consistent. But if we don't start with word and prayer and let that be consistent first, then these other areas won't be consistent as they need to be. So so we, we work on those things each and every day because God wants consistency from us, from His children, from those that are bold enough to claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He wants us to be consistent in that boldness in our life and, and, and worship and praise Him so others can see Jesus through us. So we've got to be the same everywhere, no matter what situation is going on, as hard as it may be and may seem, we still proclaim and speak the name of Jesus. I don't mean that when hard times come we don't cry, we don't, we don't get upset, but through that we can still, hey, I know what it looks like now, but I know Jesus is still Lord. I know Jesus is still on His throne, and I know He's taking care of this in my life, and I'm putting all my faith and trust and hope in Him, whether we see it right now or not. That's the way we got to be, as hard as it is, and it's not easy. He told us it wouldn't be easy, but He told us He would be here with us, working for us, moving in our life, and and showing us how we can be consistent. So, today, as you see, it, it was up there a while ago, but... I had this, this one word, and, and it's weird, I, I, and other preachers may do it different. This is just the way it comes to me. I, ask, I start praying, God, what would you have for me to speak to your people when I get up here? And this one word, and it don't happen like this all the time, was just compromise. And so I'm reading about compromise, and compromised and being compromised, and compromising on situations has a couple of different meanings. You know, we could compromise on a situation, and people get through arguments sometimes, and your children, you know, if you've got teenagers or small ones, they want you to compromise on what they're in trouble for, right? They want, they want well, if we do this, can I do this? If I do better in this, can I do this? They want to compromise everything. Husband and wives, they want to compromise on something. Well, if you do this, then we'll do this. Or something like that. So it's a compromise. But I want to look at compromise as being our foundation compromised this morning. Because that that's where I felt God was leading, was to talk about how that our foundation can be compromised. And I got a note up there, um, Cole, that gives the meaning, a couple different meanings of the word compromised. So this meaning of compromise that we want to talk about this morning is made vulnerable as to attack or misuse by unauthorized access Revelation or exposure. How many feel in their lives and situation going on, you feel vulnerable? Right? You feel vulnerable. You feel that that an attack is right there, and those attacks we know are all supernatural. Whether somebody is attacking you or not, if you're a child of God and you in angels and demons and, and, and the and the attacks of Satan and, and all those things, those are supernatural attacks on your life. Now he'll use people to attack you. He'll use people to say things falsely or say things against you and to you to get you to a point to where you're taking your focus off God and, again, not being consistent of what He told us to do. He'll use people to do that. And He's not using your husband or your wife or your kids, okay? So don't look at those and say He's using them to do that. No, let's, let's, let's keep it right here in the middle. So made vulnerable to attack or misuse by unauthorized access. How many realize that if you're a child of God, And and so if I believe that if we raised our hands, there would be everybody in here that said, I am a child of God this morning, right? Then Satan having access to you should be unauthorized. The only access he has to you is what you let him. You give him access. You authorize that. But it's, it's all unauthorized. Why? Because Jesus did everything that we didn't have to. He bound him. He paraded him around in hell forever all of his demons to see that how powerless he is. And he said, Behold, I give you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So when you proclaim Jesus as Lord of your life and those attacks come and you let them continue to come, and they're, whether you let them or not, they're going to continue to come. But if you let them in and let them attach control you, you, are on. You, that's unauthorized access. You should have that mindset that he has no access to my life. I am not going to authorize Satan to do anything to me. I'm not going to do it. And, and so another one is impaired or diminished in function, weakened, damaged, or flawed. And so as we read this morning, as we go through this, we'll see that our foundation cannot be any of these. And, and so we all can say that there's areas in our lives that are not as sure up as they need to be. That there's, there's some areas that may be compromised in our lives. Whether it be big things, small things, most of the time, and, and there's companies, all you hear the commercial about them now. When I was reading this and going through this, I thought about those commercials that you hear on, on the radio or see on TV about the foundation specialists, right? You see those things. And, and people have foundation issues on their home. And that's, you know, when I started reading about this, and one of the areas it was talking about cracks in your walls and your ceiling, you know, your doors creaking, not closing good. Foundation settling. We've all seen, you know, block buildings, and we got some places in our foundation where the footer is of cracked blocks. And why is that? Because something got compromised. Something got compromised. And and so, you know, a lot of times if we don't watch it, and what we'll try to do, we'll just try to patch those areas to where they look good on the outside. All in all, it's just a patch. It's not corrected the problem. We've not really fixed it or repaired it. We just patched it a little bit where it looks good. Well, you can't see the crack on the wall. You add a little more mud and tape to it and paint over it. Well, guess what? It's going to crack again because you didn't fix the foundation to where it wouldn't crack anymore. You didn't sure that up anymore. And so a lot of people, they want to try to repair their lives on their own. Well, you know, I, I, I'm doing this for, I'm doing self-help. Self-help. The problem with self-help is you're still using yourself. Does that make sense? The problem with self-help is that you have not removed yourself out of the problem. Because yourself is the problem. Your thoughts and your actions are the problem. The only, the only way we can fully be healed in our life and make sure that our foundation is strong and where it needs to be is that self is moved out of the way. Because what did Jesus say? He said, you deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. So you've got to deny you and move self out of the way. And, and then we can start to see things really getting fixed in our life. And so these attacks are not authorized. We've got to come to a point where we stand up and say, no way, no, I'm not letting this happen. I'm not letting this this, this do this in my life. We're not going this way. Because if, the more we continue to let things happen and let things just be what they are and not do anything about them, not stand up in the name of Jesus as we sung about this morning, has been talked about already here this morning, then the more cracks is going to come in. And so... You know, I've talked about this before. So this is just an example because I'm in maintenance and it comes to me. And so if you do any maintenance type work then you're engineering, you understand things come a little different. So I monitor equipment for faults, bearings, motors, different things, pieces of equipment, fans running, pumps going. I'm monitoring them trying to make sure that they don't fail while we're trying to make a product at work. And so, doing that, I got asked here a couple of weeks ago about a pump, a motor, in a pump that that was making a noise. We know it's got an issue in the pump, but they can't shut it down long enough for us to uh, work on it because of the process. So, they said they sent an email. One of the guys did. One of the lead men did, and said, "Can you can you tell me if that pump will last to September 11th?" I said, "No." I said I cannot guarantee. I said I'm not going to guarantee you that it's going to last to September 11th. And I didn't put this in there, but but why? Because that piece of equipment, and I'm going to tie this back in spiritually here in a minute. Just hang on. That piece of equipment is made by man. Man is imperfect, right? So when an imperfect person makes a piece of equipment, it's imperfect already. No matter how perfect they try to make it, they can mill it out precise. And then they put it together. It could be coupled wrong. The feet could be wrong. It, it could be imbalanced already. You could have all sorts of issues, which is going to start a process of being damaged. But why? Because an imperfect person, as we are, can only make equipment so much perfect. I mean, we can or make things. It's still going to be flawed. All the things that man's trying to do with his AI and these robots and these different things like that, all of them are not perfect. But, when we tie that back into what we should be there, because you know the damage is there, so the only way I can fix that damage is replace it with another piece of imperfect piece of equipment. It's different in our life. When damage has been done, and we go to Jesus about it, then Jesus can take an imperfect thing in our life and make it perfect and whole. And so the only one that can make things perfect is Jesus because he's perfect, right? He's the only perfect one. And so I cannot say that that's going to last this long or be, or make it to this time because I, I, I can't do nothing with it. I can't fix it. I can't do it. We all get to that point, I can't fix this problem. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I don't want to do that. And when we start saying those things and acting those ways, it, all it does is start cracking our foundation. One problem is, even in church, the foundation that people try to build on was not on God to begin with, so they're trying to just backfill with different problems and different things. And so if your foundation's not truly built on God, even if you didn't... All right, so you didn't start out that way. There's a lot of us in here that did not start out building the foundation of our family, of our home, with Jesus front and center, Right? The perfect, the great thing about Jesus is once we come to that realization of that and we need Him in our life, He can take and He can make that foundation solid. But we can't do it on our own. And so He's the only one that can make imperfect perfect. We can't fix ourselves. We can only go so far with ourselves because we've messed it up to begin with. So what's the thing we can fix it? But that's how we do a lot of times. That's how Christians do. And, and we, ha- we, cannot, we cannot do that. And, and then we try, to, we try to live through somebody else's faith. You know, you see the woman in the relationship with a man be strong in their faith. And then that other person try to live by that. And when something happens, they don't understand why the spouse is better one way than the other. You, does that make sense? Does that make sense to where, you know, I can't live, I could never live even if I tried off my mom and dad's faith. It's not going to get me to heaven. I can see how they react to things, but when it comes personally, how am I going to react to things? How am I going to do things? And so I can just say, well, mom and dad said this. What do you say? What are you doing? What are you doing? Their faith in Jesus is not going to get me to heaven. My faith in Jesus is going to get me to heaven. So let's read Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. We all know this is a well known passage right here. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them and does not do them, We'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was it fall. So I know Jesus is saying, look, this can be your life if you listen to me. But I want to look at these two houses for just a second. This man, he obviously built on the beach. Most most people, I would love to live on the beach. You ever noticed on the beach, on the sand, that everything's on stilts, right? There's nothing that's just built on the sand. Why? Because they've learned that, hey, it won't it won't settle. It won't pack. You know, sand will not pack real good, will it? It's moving all the time. The earth's moving. But <clears throat> this one that built on the rock, he knew that, hey, I can I can build right here, I can dig this out, I can pour this foundation, I know it's not going to move. I know no matter what comes, it's not going to move. But this the 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 one that built on the sand didn't start out, he was just looking at the view. He said, "This is paradise. Look, like I got an ocean right here. I got palm trees around. I got everything that I could want for me. I got everything, and it'll be fine. I will weather the storm. You know, it's it's you know, the hurricane may come, but it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And so, the one that built on the sand, it did not fail right off, did it?" Like I said, when most cracks start on your foundation of your home, unless a catastrophic event like this, the wind and the rain and the flood, a tornado, a hurricane, whatever, it does not just fall right off, does it? So when a crack comes in our foundation, I'm speaking spiritually now in our own life, when a crack comes and it starts, we let that start. What does a crack mean? Well, I mean, it could be in the foundation of your marriage. You've let things in that didn't need to be there. It could be in, in in your foundation of your whole family, your children. And and most of the time that starts with you. You're letting that crack just gets just there. And so we can react in a couple of different ways. We can say, hey, I need this fixed now. And then we know that's calling on Jesus. Or we can let it go and try to fix it ourselves. And and it'll, it'll be all right for a little while. But what happens? The next time something comes up, the bigger the crack gets then the bigger the crack gets the next time. Until until at some point we sit climbing up the wall and we're like, well, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that it got that bad. Most of the time we do know it's getting bad, but we, do, we just ignore and mask the issue, like I said. And we don't truly fix the issue. Like the man who built on the sand knew that there was a potential that if I build here, I could fall. What I want as paradise could not be paradise in a little bit. What I want is these things in my life. Does that sound? It's all about me. The world today, it's all about me. What I want, what makes me happy. What I want to do. And so he, he's, he's building that and he put, there, he put all everything he had on what he could be happy in at the time. But we know that this, this is talking about the world type of happiness. We know all the possessions of things we can have. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. These things that 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 could make us happy for just a pursuit of worldly happiness. And people fall into that every day. They fall into those things. And sure, they last for a while. We were casting Crowns had a song out several years ago called It's a Slow Fade. It's a slow fade. Cracks that happen in our foundation can be slow. But they will show themselves before long if we don't change it if we don't put our faith and hope in Jesus and listen to what He says, they're eventually going to fall. They'll last for a little while. They can seem like we're having a good time, but at some point that foundation will crumble. At some point in time. You say, when will that be? I don't know, but why keep letting it get to where where it's going to crumble? Do something about it now. Don't sit there in the same thing over and over and over again wondering why things are not getting better when you're not putting forth the effort to make them better. When you're not calling on God, that we know we can fix the foundation of our life. That we know that He can make compromised places in our life uncompromised, right? And not compromised. We know that He can do that if we call on Him and listen to Him in our time of trouble. And so we know the man that built his house on the rock, he listened to what God said to the Word of God. He listened to those things. And fully understood. Not, not fully understood. He didn't understand everything Jesus was saying or God's saying. We never fully understand what God's telling us. But through time in His Word, then that's how we're going to get to know Him. That's how we're going to get to know His Word and what He means in it. He said if He does these sayings of mine and does Him. These things, We want to be a wise man. We want to be built on the rock. And we know that that foundation that Jesus is, this Word of God. This right here. This Word. It's not going to fail. It's not going to crack. It's not going to crumble. It's not going to allow us to crack or crumble. It's not going to allow anything to in our life. Sure, hard times will still come. Hard times will be there. But how are, we going to, how are we going to keep from our foundation crumbling through those hard times? The only way we can do it is to, is to read the Word of God and know what it says and then act on that Word Act in faith, knowing that, hey, the problem is not getting any better right in front of me. This situation, it doesn't seem like it's any better than it was two weeks ago, a month ago, a year ago. But how are you reacting there in those times? How are you showing yourself during those times? Because, sure, a year ago, you, sh- you may not have been where you needed to have been with Jesus. But throughout this year, even if the problem still persists and is still there, you should be further along in your relationship with God, stronger in faith, stronger to know how to react to situations, and where to go to where they don't bother you like they did. And if you're not, then that's our own fault for not being in the Word of God. Not pursuing Him as we need to. And so you may be here this morning and you say, well, I don't know where to start. That's one issue, and I know... I get this way at times. If I think that I know I've got this to do, I've got this to do, I've got this to do, and I know this needs to be done, and I'm looking at them, they, any the projects at home or whatever it is, and then I'm like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Then you start getting stressed out. Well, in, in this type, in, in this, what we're talking about here, if you don't get on your knees before God and that's where you start, and in His Word, then that needs to be the first and foremost place you need to start. Is with Him and in His Word and in Matthew eleven chapter eleven verse twenty eight. <clears throat> Jesus says here He says, "Come unto Me, come unto Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, all are labor, all who labor." And are heavy laden, I will give you rest. So we come unto Him. The only way we're going to have rest is through Him. We can't give ourselves rest We can't because we can't fix it all completely on our own. And so we've got to come to Him. And like Brad talked about this morning, and we're going to read it again in a minute, casting our cares on Him because He cares for us. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I like this next part. It didn't say, you might find rest. It didn't say, well, you could possibly pick it up on the way there. He he didn't say any of that. He said, you will find rest. You will find rest. And that rest is not the rest of when we leave this world and go to be in heaven with Him. We can find rest here on this earth as we live today. We can find rest through our problems. What did David say in Psalms 23? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. Right? He He said, thou preparest before me a table before me in the presence of my enemies right so god's preparing he has prepared he's already prepared a way for us to rest and that is through him and through him only and with him and so you know he says he says you will find rest for your souls he says for my yoke is easy my burden is light and so when we're there and we're resting in him Again, that doesn't automatically mean magically poof, the problem disappears. Because every one of you, we could go around this room, you have dealing or you're dealt or are now dealing and continue to deal with issues in your life from things that's happened from other people. Am I correct? We could all go around and say those things. So the rest in God doesn't mean they magically disappear, but the rest in God means they're not controlling our life every day. They're not right there just. just maximizing our time and that's all we can think about and all we can do and all we can focus on is that problem. Because we focus on Him and know that He takes care of it, then we can really rest. We can really rest. And so He knows exactly what to do, exactly what to say, exactly how we should act and react, but it's got to start with putting it all on Him because He wants it all. So there's however many hundreds of million people right in this world Billions, whatever, he could take all those, and he cares for all those individually. And it's hard for us to fathom that he—he's like, oh, God don't care for what I'm going through. Yes, He does. He cares for what I'm going through, through what Aaron's going through, even Kathleen. He cares for what Kathleen's going through. And so He cares for all of us. It doesn't matter. He's no respecter of person. He cares for one just as much as the other. So if one prays, then the other can pray. And he's listening to both of us. And he's big enough and magnificent enough that he can speak to each and every one of us in the way that we need to be spoken to. And help in the way that we need to be helped. And so if you're praying for things, I know I say this a lot because me and Gabby pray every day. And we're still praying for things. We haven't seen those things come about yet with children children. In, you know, daughter and son-in-law, whatever it is, we haven't seen those things come about as they need to, but don't stop. Don't stop praying. Because if we do, then we're throwing the burden back on ourselves. We're throwing those things back and, and we're not really resting in Him. We're turmoiling with things all the time. And so we can go to God and say, here, take this. It's not that we're going to sit down and, and just go not ever worry about it again. No, but we know that God's in control. We know that He's taking care of it. And so, stop doing a patch job in your life. Stop letting those things that you know you need to work on, as hard as they may be, continue to fester and be there. Continue to cause cracks in your foundation. Because you can say, well, my foundation is Jesus. Well, if your foundation was truly Jesus, and truly on the rock, then these other things wouldn't be sneaking in all the time as they should be, as they are. They wouldn't, be, they wouldn't be there, you know, causing you to fall off. Causing you to say things you shouldn't say. Causing you to act in ways you shouldn't act. Causing all these things in your life because you've let those things in. You've let those things that should be unauthorized by Satan, those areas in your life that should be unauthorized because you're a child of God, you've let those things be authorized. So, so anyway, let's read what Brad already did this morning, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6. I'm not going to read as many, but we're going to read them again. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? By the there you go. Hearing by the Word of God. So the more word you hear, the more the more your faith grows. The more your faith grows, the more you know you're standing on the rock. And when times come, you can go through them because you're resting in Jesus this morning, and, and he's, he's got all of it. So therefore, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I like this next one. Brad read this also. Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's seeking you every day to devour you. You're a child of God. He wants to devour you. He wants to devour your home, your family, your marriage, your children, your job, everything about you, your finances. He wants you to not see Jesus through any part of your life. He wants you to see the problem. He wants you to see the hurt. He wants you to see the pain. He wants you to see the difficulty in this life. And then get to the point to where you say, what's the use? What's the use? Suicide rate is one of the highest it's ever been right now. Especially in young people. We live in the greatest nation that, that has ever been, ever, ever is right now. But the suicide rate's so bad. And sure the, the media and you know, the government's gonna spend it on, well, you know, they're getting attacked because they're not who they need they can't show who they really wanna be and all this kind of garbage that's going on in our and our media right now. No, they're doing it because they're letting things in. Because their adversary, the devil, is roaring about seeking whom he may devour. And he's getting into their minds. He's getting into their thoughts. And he's making them think that they're not who God created them to be. They're of no use, of no value to anybody. And the only way they can see out of it is to, is to pop a pill or pull a trigger. That's the only way. But that's all lies of the devil. That's all lies. And so, but, but he's running rampant in this time right now. And he's going to continue to run rampant because we've talked about this a lot. He's going to continue to run rampant. And, and he's still going to be in your heart. He's still going to be in your life. Don't let him in your heart. But he's still going to be in your life even though we read this today. Even though we know he's walking about. Even though we know that he has no authorization in our life. There's times we're still going to falls short, and we're going to let him in. But the only way to sure that up, Jay, J. Jesus, forgive me. I lost sight. I lost sight. There's cracks in my life that I need fixed, and I believe that some people got them fixed this morning, but I believe there's others that need them fixed still. And, and will you be bold enough this morning, throughout this week, as you go on, to let God repair those things in your life? As difficult as it may be, as hard as it may be, as, as as painful as it may be to have those conversations and those talks you with whoever it is. And it starts with God. Have them with Him first and let Him show you where you need to be fixed this morning. Let Him sure up the foundation in your life. Stop being compromised each and every day. Stop playing the game of, of well, I can do this, I can do this, and I can do this. No, the only thing you can do is go to God. And letting them, Him show you what to do. That's where it needs to start this morning. So, y'all stand. The same the same Holy Spirit that we sensed at the start of the service is still here right now. So, the same God, if He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, ever changes, and He sent His Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all truth, right? Then... There's no time limit on God, but there's a time limit on your life. There's a time limit to where you're not going to have the opportunity to take care of the things that you need to take care of, to commit your life to God as you need to, submit to Him, humble yourself as this first word says, humble yourselves for the mighty hand of God. Give Him full control of your life. You say, how do I do that? It starts with a prayer and seeking His face. It starts saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent of everything in my life right now. I want you to be my Lord. And I want you to be come in and be who I look at first every day. And the only thing that I concentrate on. And not worry about work and home. And let those things just rule my thoughts and my mind. And so looking to Him, the author and the finisher of our salvation. Looking unto Him. So pray this morning. If you need prayer... If you need prayer here we'll come and pray spend whatever time we need to and and let god work and move in your life make it a point that you're not going to go out from here with the same problems you come in with with you sure the same problems still be there but you know you've given it to god and resting in him this morning so that's music place y'all pray this morning let god work and move in your life ask